Good afternoon, everybody. This is a recording of whatever it is. This is just a fun little podcast I'm going to do in the... Uh, as WrestleMania 34 will be tomorrow on um, the re- on the WWE Network. It's with this WrestleMania 34 in the air um, for wrestling fans like myself. I am going to kind of do a WrestleMania podcast special. Nothing theological in this. Nothing thought-provoking. This is just going to be about professional wrestling if you like pro wrestling this will be fun if you don't this will be annoying so uh the last week um i have been work for the last actually last couple years something i've been working on quite a bit is that i have been trying to um i've been trying to work through all of the wrestlemanias and Right now, so last year I worked for, I started on WrestleMania 1, and I I think I got to WrestleMania 10. This year I began on WrestleMania 11, and I got all the way up to WrestleMania 23. And I thought that was a pretty good ending point, actually, because I think it kind of speaks to something of the er- WrestleMania eras, because there's kind of a flow to the WrestleManias. Um, because WrestleMania, it, it is the event. It is the event in professional wrestling. And I should, if probably some point or another, I will do a full-on podcast explaining why I watch pro wrestling, why I enjoy it, why it's so enjoyable. But at the moment, this is just a fun one. This is just going to be talking about the events itself, some of the history. And so... As I've going, as I've gone through now twenty three WrestleManias, plus WrestleMania thirty three last year, and this year I will go. I'll watch WrestleMania thirty four some point tomorrow. I probably won't watch it live uh, because I'll be do, doing uh, youth group stuff. Uh, so I probably won't be able to watch it till later in the evening, but. Having watched this 20, that will be, by the time tomorrow's done, I will have watched 25 of the WrestleManias. Alright, 25 out of 34, so there's only 9 left to watch. I still have to watch, uh, and so, so basically I'll, I'll, next year I'll have to watch twenty WrestleMania 24 to 32. Uh, to get caught up, and then of course 35 on the day of. And then when that's done, I'm going to do a ranking of all 35 WrestleManias and all of the greatest WrestleMania moments and all that stuff. And so one of the things that's interesting is as I go through this, is I there's a lot of interesting things to think about, reflect upon in the history of pro wrestling. And WrestleMania is, I think, more so than, it's really more so than any other event on the pro wrestling calendar has defined the history of the WWE. And you can mark what has happened. You could mark the golden era. So WWE is really broken into um, six different eras. Right now, we are really in the sixth era, at least the way I would define it. I'd say there's the golden era would be WrestleMania 1 to 9. 
The new generation, which was WrestleMania 10 to 13, um, really the new generation and the Attitude Era, which began in WrestleMania 13, and I say it began with a specific moment in WrestleMania 13, but I'll talk about that a little more next year when I do the rankings. Um, but it began with WrestleMania 13, and it end culminated in WrestleMania 17. Uh, the Ruthless Aggression Era was WrestleMania 18 to 21. The Cena Era, I know they call it the PG Era. I'm calling it the Cena Era because, really, it was all about the elevation of John Cena. I mean, John Cena, I mean, if you look at it, from WrestleMania 21 to WrestleMania 29, Every single one of those WrestleManias, John Cena was either in, the, in, a, in a championship match or the main event. There was only one time that he was not in a title match, and that was WrestleMania 28 when he headlined against The Rock. That is nine WrestleManias in a row that the same guy was in the championship match and or in the main event. And by the way, when he was in a championship match, far more often than not, he won. He John Cena is one that very rarely loses at WrestleMania. He only lost he's only lost three. And that kind of highlights where I'm going to kind of talk about it. Some of the trends in WrestleMania. It does show, I mean the guy that is the um, who main events WrestleMania? He is the guy that they want. He that tells you who they want to be the face of the company at the time, or who is the big name. And many times WWE will push for the guy that they think should be the face of the company, even though people are fighting back against it. Cena was like that. People got absolutely sick of Cena because nine years. Of the same guy. That's almost an entire decade of what I mean. You could turn into you could tune into any WrestleMania, and the main, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be John Cena. It's going to be in the main event or in the title match, and it's a it's. I mean the the one with the Miz was a shock that he didn't win it, because that's I think that's if I remember correctly, I think only once or twice did he ever lose in the title matches. You know, so I mean, he actually, he's only lost three WrestleManias. And two of them, um, one was the, the first match against The Rock. The other one was against The Miz. And I can't remember what the third one was. I think it might have been a triple threat. Or, I don't know. Anyways, with the exception of those three, he's never, he, he almost never loses. And so, one of the things I find interesting is you see a lot about wrestlers. And I realize that, I mean, there's more stuff I'm going to learn as I get through WrestleMania's 24 through 32 when I watch through those. And I 27 I saw live. So I guess you could kind of make a case that I... I mean, I've seen... And some of these, I have seen the entire WrestleMania. Some of them I haven't. I mean, admittedly, some of these I've only seen like a match or two. Uh, WrestleMania 25, you know, I've seen... Uh, bits. I I have to admit, I've only seen bits and pieces of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, and actually part of the reason I'm going through these WrestleManias is because there's some of these matches I'd really love to go back and watch because I never did really see them, 
and they're considered like the classic matches. Um, I never did see The Rock versus Hogan until I watched it um, a couple, you know, you know, as I've been going through this marathon of, of WrestleManias. And I was watching WrestleMania 19, I saw The Rock versus Hogan. That was the first time I ever actually saw that match. And, and so it's for this, so it's kind of interesting because I've been exploring, I've been noticing the wrestlers who I've kind of come started tallying which wrestlers are the greedy wrestlers and which wrestlers were the givers. I mean, I'm talking about which wrestlers are the guys that took the fame, they took the top spot anytime and when every time they could get. And who were the ones who never, who always gave up the top spot, even though they probably deserved it? And so I'm going to start with who are the wrestlers that take? Um, and I came up with five names right now, so far. And again, this is not including anything that's happened after WrestleMania 24. And... And I could tell you that so far, I would probably say that Roman Reigns, when I get done, he probably would have deserved this list, even though it appears. But I think, but I think that's another conversation. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So the wrestlers who take number one, Hulk Hogan, without a doubt, is the first one that comes to mind. Yes, Hulk Hogan is the guy that established WrestleMania. He, I mean, this is one of the reasons why WrestleMania 19 works so good in the match between Hogan and McMahon. Because they were the names, the faces that developed WrestleMania more than anyone else. McMahon was the brain, but Hulk Hogan was the superpower. And he carried it. He carried WrestleMania up until WrestleMania 7, really. Now, I mean, he had some great competition that helped it out, but he was the one. But I believe in WrestleMania 8 and 9, he began to become a hindrance, especially WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 8 was the first moment of Hogan greed. Because Ho the, the heavyweight championship match at WrestleMania 8 was, was Macho Man versus Ric Flair. Up until that point, the the dub the heavyweight title match was always, always the main event, and Hogan. I mean, with the exception of WrestleMania one, which didn't have a heavyweight title match, so all of them had the main event was Hogan, who happened to be in the title match. Right, WrestleMania eight, things changed. WrestleMania 8 ended up being that even though Flair and Macho Man were in the title match and they put on the, as somebody some have argued, was what was up to that point the best title match ever. Now, I don't know if it was better than Hogan and, and Warrior. I don't know. That's up to debate. And I'll talk, maybe I'll talk about that next year. But at this point, I could tell you that it was um it it was it was an amazing match and it should have been the headliner but it wasn't why because hogan insisted 
Hogan and his ego insisted that he get the headline match. And the headline for WrestleMania 8 was Hogan versus Sid. And it was a, it was a, it was, it would have been an okay mid-carder. But it was not main event worthy at all. Even with the return of the Ultimate Warrior. Then, one year later, WrestleMania 9, Bret Hart is beginning to rise to stardom. And he is in the main event against Yokozuna. And, Ma and Bret Hart puts, gives Yokozuna the best match of his career. He loses because Yoko cheats. And that's okay. That's pro wrestling. That happens. You have cheaters. But what happens at the end? Hulk Hogan comes in, kind of consoles Bret, and goes into the ring, and he turns around and he wins the title. And so who... Takes the show, not Yokozuna, not Bret Hart, but Hulk Hogan. He should have just left it to that tag title match they had in the middle of the day of WrestleMania 9, and that's it. But no, he had to be the guy that got the last word, and he did it at the championship and won the his fifth title. So Hulk Hogan showed his colors there. Number two, Triple H. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H is one that's interesting because the first match he ever wrestled it was a squash match against the Ultimate Warrior. But it did not take long for Triple H to rise up in power and influence within the WWE. And I think a big part of that had to, fact, had to do with who he was dating and who he eventually married. Stephanie McMahon. The daughter of the owner of the company well two moments there's three things it's three moments that stand out in my mind where it showed triple h's greed first one was wrestlemania 16 wrestlemania 16 found itself in an interesting situation where um where stone cold steve austin was not able to wrestle Shawn Michaels had, was forced to retire the year before. Um, or it seemed it was, it was a temporary retirement, it turned out to be eventually. But it seemed like he was retired. So you didn't have Shawn Michaels, you didn't have Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so, wait a minute, sorry, that's two years earlier, it's Stone Cold. But anyways, you didn't have Stone Cold. And so you're forced with this situation. What do you do? Who, you have, so you get a main event. You have this four-way main event. You have Mick Foley, Mankind. You've got The Big Show. You've got um, The Rock. And you have Triple H. Pretty decent uh, main event. Okay, pretty decent, good name, uh, Fatal 4-Way. Well, not Fatal 4 was even a Fatal 4-Way because it was an elimination pin. You had to pin each, each person had to get pinned. And so who should win? Triple H came in as champion. That's fine. That it, Somebody has to come in as the champ. Who is the guy that should win? This is the year. For two years, you had Austin winning the title, and that made sense. He was the biggest name in the company. I mean, really, when it comes to the WWE, there are two monstrous names on that list. One, Hulk Hogan. Number two is Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
And I guess to a very lesser degree, The Rock, I mean, John Cena's number three. But really, Stone Cold is right up there with Hulk Hogan. And it's right up there in the debate as to who is the guy that's most influential in the company's history. Well, Stone Cold isn't there. The next biggest name in the history of the WWE, the next biggest name is The Rock. And he has a wide opening to win the title. It seems like the most obvious thing to do. But they don't. So honestly, that was the moment that The Rock should have been the guy that went over Triple went over, but instead they go with Triple H. Alright. Next moment. WrestleMania 19. There's a great and incredible match. Great story builds up. Triple H versus Booker T. Booker T. I mean, there's this whole story with Triple H. It's kind of like, you know, the title doesn't go to people of your kind. Referring to Booker T. And, you know, Booker T. And I don't think it was meant to be racial, but you can't help but see it. And... Booker T is this guy who, they tell him, this guy that was underprivileged, and he had to work his way up. Well, good story. He had Triple H, who's the blue blood guy. The guy that's had everything. He's had the expert training, everything that's seemingly handed to him. This is a good story. And they put on one heck of a WrestleMania. And everybody watching it, everybody was thinking, oh my goodness, Booker T's going to win this. This is a great WrestleMania match. This will be one of those WrestleMania championship matches that will go down in history. This will be a WrestleMania moment. But who wins? Triple H. And it actually unintentionally comes off as, you know, yeah, people like Booker T, they don't deserve a title. Not people like him. And that's what happened. He didn't win the title. It went to the Triple H. Fast forward, way forward. WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 31 had a huge match. had a major match, kind of history match. It was a match that had, that pitted Triple H versus Sting. Sting was wrestling in the WWE for the first time in his career. And he's, I mean, he was the face of WCW. And there he is. He's going to face Triple H. And who, who wins? Again, Triple H wins. Sting should have won that. It ended up being the only WrestleMania match he ever had. He had two matches in his entire career in the WWE, and he lost both. Now, I understand why he lost the match to Seth Rollins. I think that had to happen the way it did. But him versus Triple H, it should have been Sting. But it didn't. Triple H, in his ego, he had to win. So no to Sting. And then you have WrestleMania 32. He headlines WrestleMania 32 as the champion. He goes in at the champion when his career is supposed to be done and he should be nothing more than an occasional wrestler. But there he is with the title. Again, against, and against Roman Reigns. And I'll talk about him later. 
So there you go. Triple H is number two on this list. Number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold is a guy, I mean, he loves the business. He loves WWE. He loves wrestling. And I, you know, and he, like Hogan, he deserves incredible amounts of credit for what he has done. All right? But with that being said, he didn't lose very often. He did not really very often give over the opportunity for people to shine. Um, and, I mean, the only man... I mean, the WrestleMania 18 ended up being, you know, a big match historically because it was the match where we saw Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. And many people thought, well, really, this should be Hulk Hogan versus Austin because... The Rock was pretty, I mean, he's pretty big in terms of the history of, the, of pro wrestling, but Stone Cold is even bigger. And at that point, he was healthy enough. He could have wrestled Hogan. He wrestled um, Scott Hall earlier. But no, he didn't do it. He, from whatever, from what I understand, there's some ego stuff going on that Stone Cold and Hogan refused to face each other. So instead, we got Hogan and The Rock, which turned out great. I think that ended up being the right match. But nonetheless, Stone Cold's ego got in the way. And you know, Stone Cold headlined three wrestle he re- headline ended up headlining three WrestleManias and he won all three of them. He was a, he came out the champion in all three of them. And not until he was on his way out did he actually give over a win to The Rock. Alright? Now, granted, it's not like he went away when he had nothing left in the tank. He actually was still wrestling pretty decent. But nonetheless, um, it showed his lack of willing to sacrifice for the other guy. Uh, Next up on this list is kind of a difficult one because I think part of his... um, uh, Part of his popularity, or part of his seeming selfishness, I think, I'm not sure if it's Cena's intentionally doing it, or if it's that Cena is just doing what he's told. And it might be that. Because one of the things we'll see, we noted, I notice in WrestleMania, like I said, John Cena has only lost three matches in his WrestleMania career. One was at WrestleMania 24. He lost a triple threat match against uh, Triple H and Randy Orton. He lost to The Miz. And he lost to... By the way, he lost to The Miz after I think The Rock interfered. Um, And then he lost to The Rock. Otherwise, he always wins at WrestleMania. He was in the main event or in the title match of nine consecutive WrestleManias. If you ever wonder why people hate John Cena, could not stand him. I mean, he's regained a lot of favor with fans in recent years, but why he became hated and why people chant Cena sucks, Cena sucks, is because he he had he controlled WrestleMania. He was the face 
for nine stinking years. It was too much. I mean, it doesn't... When you have... It's not like when Hogan did it. When Hogan did it, there was four pay-per-views a year. And at least, actually, some of the time, for some of those years, WrestleMania was the only pay-per-view. And you didn't have Monday Night Raw. You didn't have SmackDown. And you did not have the plethora of incredible talent that you do now. And so, when Hogan did it, for those first few years, people tolerated it. But the thing is, is even during that time, you could tell that at some point McMahon realized they needed to shift it. Why do you think Warrior was in WrestleMania 6? He was supposed to take over. It didn't work out. You know, things happened. WrestleMania 8, they, they tried to do it, and he didn't. They put him in the headliner anyways. 9, Hogan and his ego forced himself into it. But you could tell McMahon knew that by WrestleMania 6 already, he needed to be switching up the, the guy, the face of the company. He didn't do this with Cena. He just kept it going. And that ruined, that's why people hate Cena as much as they do. And why people, one of the big reasons why, again, I'm going to come back to Roman Reigns. He's, why there is issues with him. So, he has only lost three WrestleMania matches out of 12. And he's had, and you think, and probably think, so I'll bet you, oh boy, with you talking like this, Undertaker's got to be coming up. I'm going to come back to him. I'm going to actually argue he is actually on the other side. He's one of the giving wrestlers, but I'm going to talk about that later. So, 12 WrestleManias, he's only lost three. That, and not to mention, through his core, in his course as, you know, being in WrestleManias, WrestleMania 30 versus Bray Wyatt buried him. Bray Wyatt had incredible progress as a wrestler. I mean, he was getting incredible popularity what do they do he be, he loses i mean after he i mean he put on a heck of a match against uh daniel bryan at the royal rumble i mean he, i mean he was the the aura that's around him what do they do he loses john cena buries him one year later rusev has built up in great momentum as being a, a monster among in the wwe what happens Loses to Cena, he gets buried. And, of course, then later he got buried by Roman Reigns. And and just now, this year, I mean, WrestleMania 31 was when that happened. Now, three years later, it took three years for Rusev to rebuild. I mean, this is the history of John Cena. He buries people. And he controls that. And I don't know if, I mean, is that his decision? I don't know. Part of me thinks that he's being told to do this, but part of me wonders if this isn't his ego. I don't know if he's as bad in the locker room as Hogan was and Triple H are, Stone Cold, but either way, he is a guy that just takes, takes, takes. And if he was this great, noble guy, there's a certain point he's going to say, hey, Vince, I need to lose these matches. There's these guys... They're trying to rise up. They can't. If you keep putting me on the top, you can't keep putting the ceiling that nobody can break through. That's why you don't have talent. That's why this is not as good as it was during um, the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era, you had a whole slew of guys that could headline WrestleMania. A whole slew of guys that could be stars. 
and kept on putting over Cena. Now, granted, I have to admit, some some of these years, there was not a lot of good alternatives to Cena. So I will give, I'll acknowledge that reality. But still, he was pushed over way too much, and he should say, he should have told, no, this guy needs to win. Rusev should have won, or Bray Wyatt needs to win. This is an up-and-coming guy. He needs a big win. We can't bury this guy. He doesn't do it. Or he doesn't fight hard enough, whatever it is. So, and then finally, the next guy I have on here, it's not really one person, it's a group of people as far as taking, and that is the McMahon family. Vince, Shane, and Stephanie. It is inc- it's insane the number of pay-per-views that they end up becoming the face of that pay-per-view. It gets to be too much, and for that reason, um, the McMahons get on this list. Vince McMahon, I mean, he's had big of he's had big rest. I mean, he hasn't done anything with headlining, but he's taken up spots. I mean, he had a match with Shawn Michaels with Hulk Hogan. He had matches with um, all these different people, and you know, and he keeps getting in. And then Shane McMahon now is doing that. I mean, Daniel Bryan is tag team with Shane McMahon. Part of me thinks that that should be someone else. That there's there's got to be another person that they could push into the pay per view, but they're not because, well, we got to push, uh, and, but no, we got to have a, a McMahon into the pay per view. And, and don't get me wrong, Shane McMahon puts on good matches, but because he's not a full time performer. You're not doing anything. It hurts talent that could use that spot. So this, so I transition over to the other guys. What about the guys that give and give and give? The guys that they put in their all. They put in the effort to help turn WrestleMania into what it is and really don't ask for much in return. Well, the first guy I'm going to go to is I'm going to go to Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart. Now, Bret Hart had some great WrestleMania matches. And, you know, he wrestled against Roddy Piper, who I'd argue Roddy Piper is also on this list of people who give. But, and so when Piper and Bret Hart faced each other, you know, the, they, the nod went to Bret Hart in a great match because finally Vince was seeing bit Bret Hart is this up-and-coming star. But what happened one year later? Later, Bret Hart loses to Yokozuna, which, you know, he had the title only since um, October. And what does he do? He turns around and loses the title. Um, you know, at WrestleMania to Yokozuna, which it wouldn't be that big of a deal if it weren't for the fact that Hulk Hogan stole the spotlight. What should have been happening was Bret Hart and Yoko should have been in the title like King of the Ring, and there should have been a rivalry. But instead, again, it went to Hulk Hogan. Bret Hart sacrificed for that. Bret Hart sacrificed to help elevate um, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. He sacrificed and throughout his he sacrificed to go into that that match against Stone Cold. He won it, but in WrestleMania 13. But oh boy. People didn't look at that match and think, oh, look how great Bret Hart is. No, Stone Cold is the star in WrestleMania 13 between those two. And he did that. He did what was necessary to elevate. So Bret Hart's definitely on this list. Um, 
Number two, I'm going to put... Next couple of guys I'm going to put in here is Roddy Piper and the Macho Man. Macho Man. I mean, he was relegated to commentary at WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 8, he was in... You know, he... Uh, he was in the heavyweight championship match and wrestled one heck of a match. WrestleMania 7, he wrestled a great match against the Ultimate Warrior. WrestleMania 5, he wrestled a great match against the match, against Hulk Hogan. But and even WrestleMania 4, he won the title, but where was all the attention? People remember more the, the Hulk Hogan and... Andre the Giant in Million Dollar Man drama than the fact that the Macho Man won the title. He completely gets overshadowed by Hogan on multiple occasions. Alright? So, even in WrestleMania 8, when he won that title, even when he had that title, who got all the attention? Hogan, because he had the headline. And Macho Man was so often a victim of Hogan. Uh, Roddy Piper, another one. Roddy Piper, I I have to look. I'd have to look at this, but I don't think he's won very many paper WrestleManias. I mean, through his career, so Piper, he lost at WrestleMania one. He lost to Mister T. Um, he lost to Bret Hart. He, I mean, he's lost so many different matches throughout WrestleMania. The only, I mean, the only, only wins I can think of, I think he beat. The Bad News Brown, and I think he beat, uh, who was it? Uh, oh yeah, he beat Goldust in the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Otherwise, I th- he pretty much just lost to the elevation of his opponents. And so, very much like in a similar situation to Macho Man. Kane, another one. Kane has been in 16 WrestleMania matches. And he's won exactly half of them. But he's never... I mean, as big of a career as he's had, he's never had that moment. I mean, heck, one of the matches he won... So one of those eight matches, he, eight WrestleMania matches he's won was a, was a disqualification when he was attacked by China when he faced Triple H. I mean... It's a number of these matches are just run-of-the-mill tag team matches. I mean, you know, he really hasn't had moments. He hasn't had it where he got to win a heavyweight title. He never even got to be in a heavyweight title match. And Kane is a, was a workhorse throughout his career. He's done anything and everything that's been asked of him. And he's actually a lot more skilled than people realize and He's a pretty strong guy. I mean, there's you can look it up online when he was in at one of the WrestleManias. I mean, he picked up the Big Show and just tossed him over the top rope. The dude is tough. He's strong, and even has some agility, pretty good agility. And so, but the thing is, is he's really not had his moments. Uh, CM Punk. This one's pretty well documented by CM Punk himself. Uh, CM Punk absolutely should be a, you know, I'm talking about, you know, we're in this new era. CM Punk should be leading the way of the new era. He really should have been. He should have been the guy that brought the end to the Cena era, but it didn't happen. They completely ruined it. They did nothing 
with that epic promo he delivered. And they didn't make him into the guy that he really could have and should have been. Um, so, and he wrestled some great matches at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 27, which I attended. He wrestled, him and Orton wrestled the best match of the night. And he lost. I thought he was the best wrestler that night, but he lost. And he was the best performer. He didn't get, I mean, the guy didn't even get on any of the, the cups, the magazines, none of that stuff. You know, he highlights that in his uh, infamous pipe bomb. Of how he gets disrespected. Um, and so... And actually, by the way... Somebody could probably add The Miz to that. But I'm not going to get to The Miz. I'm not going to really dive into The Miz. Until I've watched a few more. But I think I have a feeling he might fall onto this list as well. Um, another one is Jer... By the way, I should probably make one. One is a categorical... All of the women wrestlers... Through WrestleMania, WrestleMania 24 or 23 seemed to be the first WrestleMania where women were not primarily used as sex objects. And so, yeah, women were horribly used in WWE. It was so adolescent and annoying as I watch it. So all the women fall in there. Uh, Chris Jericho, another one. Uh, Chris Jericho has been in uh, quite a few WrestleMania matches. And by and large, he's, he's lost the majority of them. I'm, I'm kind of looking at this. Uh, uh, I probably could have tallied it on my own. I went through each individual WrestleMania and looked at what he did or whatever. But... He's I think he's only won like four WrestleMania matches, um, based on what I have, and he's never had a WrestleMania moment again. He ne even the, as great of a career as he's had, as much as he's given to the elevation of the careers of other wrestlers, he never seems to win. I mean, he won Intercontinental titles, but he never won the big title. So yeah. Chris Jericho is very much one of those guys that always gives. Um, and is always the victim of losing. Um, and so, okay, this is where I'm going to... So that leads me to who I think are the three biggest, most sacrificial wrestlers in the history of WrestleMania. Number one, or number three... The Undertaker. Now, I know what you're saying. They think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Undertaker is 22 and 2. Yeah, he is. 22 and 2. But get this. His first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 7. He debuted at, in 1990. 91, he won the, the championship. And he held it for a total of one week. He did not get to headline or receive a title opportunity again until WrestleMania 13. He had a, a pretty lame match against Sid, Sid Vicious. The next time he would get a big marquee WrestleMania match, 
10 years later at WrestleMania 23, he'd wrestle for the title against Batista. But it would end up so early in the card that people forgot the match even happened. The fir- the only until the the streak became a big deal. The only real marquee match that the Undertaker ever had at WrestleMania was WrestleMania 24 and WrestleMania 13. Otherwise, for much of the streak up until he had until he faced Edge at WrestleMania 24, he, for many of his matches, he was having to carry poor wrestlers, wrestlers that were not very good or were nearing the end of their run. I mean, Jimmy Snuka was his first one. Jimmy Snuka was done at that point. His career was over. He had to, Undertaker carried him. He had a squash match against Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts, which was necessary for the character. Then he had to wrestle Giant Gonzalez, which was an awful match. He didn't wrestle at WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 11, um, he had to wrestle King Kong Bundy. WrestleMania 12, he had a good match against Diesel. Finally, at WrestleMania 13, he got a championship match against Sid Vicious, which was not a very good one. And it was a tough one because Sid was not the greatest of wrestlers. Then he got an old big boss man the next year. The year after that, uh, let's see, what was it? I can't remember all, I can't remember the whole, yeah, the year after he wasn't there at WrestleMania 15. Then 16, he had to wrestle, um, no, not WrestleMania 15. No, WrestleMania 14, sorry. WrestleMania 14 was Kane, and that was a good match. 15 was the one he didn't wrestle. Uh, 16, he had to face uh, Prince Albert and the Big Show in a pretty lame heart um, handicap match. Uh, he had a decent match against Flair, and then he had another match against... Uh, Mark Henry, I think, somewhere in there. I mean, there's so many bad, I mean, difficult matches for anybody to perform a good match. But he did it. He wrestled all these matches. He was at WrestleMania, I mean, 20, so he had been in 16, 17 WrestleManias, really, before they gave him a truly good WrestleMania match. I mean, Randy Orton was good. I mean, he had some great, cool moments like the... I mean, him winning the title was a big deal in WrestleMania 13. But the match was kind of a dud. It was an afterthought match. His match against Randy Orton was a good one. But otherwise... And he had some some good stuff with Kane. But really, a true marquee match, he didn't get it until against Edge. WrestleMania 24. And then, you know, he started headlining. But, I mean, to take that long, and, I mean, the guy, and his whole career is like that. The guy gave so much. I mean, <clears throat> he's over 50 years old right now, and he's he's going to probably be again facing John Cena tomorrow. And yet, for all that he's done, 
since 1990 was when he debuted. 20, almost 28 years, which is insane. He has hardly any, he has very few titles to show for it. He doesn't have a whole bunch of headlines of WrestleMania to show for it. And yet he keeps working for the company. And he keeps doing what they ask him. And he is, and the thing is, it's one of the reasons why he's widely regarded as the best pro wrestler there ever was. Number two, The Rock. This is one that I was totally surprised to notice. So, something I realized as I watched through it. So, WrestleMania 19 was a big deal for The Rock. Because he faced Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was what turned out to be Stone Cold's last match. And he won. And The Rock won. And one of the things I realized is that The Rock, in his career, he has never won the heavyweight title at WrestleMania. Every big WrestleMania victory he's ever had, the the big ones he had would be Hogan, Stone Cold, John Cena. Those are his three big wins. But here's the thing. Hogan, it was as much about Hogan as it was about The Rock. It really was. It was about a salute to Hogan and his epic career. And it's a salute to the career that The Rock had was in the heart of. WrestleMania 19 was Ho- Rock finally getting one over on Stone Cold. It was really more about between The Rock and Stone Cold. And because of all the other huge marquee matches in 19, I mean, it was a good match. It really was. It's probably, I, in my opinion, it was the best match between The Rock and Stone Cold. But um, really, because, you know, that match, I mean, the, the main event was Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, and you had that match between Booker T and Triple H, and I th- that the Rock Stone Cold match was kind of an afterthought. It's kind of forgotten that it's there. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. It was. It was a great match. And so it doesn't really have, and there's no title or anything on the line. It's really a match just between two guys that learn to respect each other from all the work they did together. WrestleMania, and then the next time was over Cena, which again, that was honestly. You know, he was pretty much done with his career. That was more about Cena. And and more honestly, that was more about WrestleMania itself than it was for about Rock and Cena. He carried the title into WrestleMania twice, but he never came out with it. He gave to the elevation of Stone Cold's career. He gave to the elevation of WrestleMania itself on multiple occasions. The guy really gave for WWE, but he never got the headlining title event, title match. And as big as The Rock is, 
I mean, in terms of biggest names in the history of pro wrestling, it goes Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock. And for as big as he is, to never have that WrestleMania moment where he won the championship in the main event says he is one of the most sacrificing, giving wrestlers there ever was. And so that leads me to the number one guy on my list, and that is Shawn Michaels. Initially, I had Shawn Michaels on the wrestlers who take list, which turns out, I mean, Shawn Michaels in his early days of his career was quite the handful from what I understand. But as it turns out, Shawn Michaels has given so ridiculously much to um, the legacy of WrestleMania to the WWE. Okay, his record, his all-time WrestleMania record is he won six matches to 11 victories. Two... His, so his first, his first victory was in a tag team match against Haku and Barbarian at WrestleMania Seven, no title on the line. His second win was against the El Matador in a meaningless match. Then, this is his career, WrestleMania Ten, one of the greatest matches of all time. Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, his buddy Scott Hall. He loses. Next, WrestleMania. WrestleMania 11, he loses to elevate his other buddy, Kevin Ash, Diesel. He lost to um, the, to Stone Cold at WrestleMania 14. Yes, he did beat, he did win over um, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. That is the one and only big moment in Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania career. And you think, well, well, that's it. It was a big moment. It was a big moment because it was a great match from begin from his entrance to the victory, the boyhood dream. You know, the call from Vince McMahon that he won the title. All of it. I mean, he had one heck. You know, one great career. You know, he had a great match and he got to the title, and it was a it was an awesome. Um, WrestleMania moment, if anybody could have one. It's almost one of the definitive WrestleMania moments. Everybody wants to repeat it. But the thing is, he never got one again. He wasn't at WrestleMania 13, and that's largely because he was being a bit of a jerk, um, from what I understand. He said he lost his smile, but really he was being a jerk. Uh, WrestleMania 14, he lost to elevate uh, Stone Cold. 19 was the next time he showed up. And at 19, he lost to Chris Jericho. I mean, he beat Chris Jericho in really a meaningless match. No title on the line. It was a great match, but he lost. WrestleMania 20, lost to Benoit. 21, (coughs) lost to Shawn Michaels. And by the way, Benoit is a whole conversation that I'll probably have next year. Because going through these WrestleManias, Chris Benoit had some 
of the absolute best matches in the history of WrestleMania. One of the greatest moments in the history of WrestleMania was him winning the title at WrestleMania 20, but <coughs> but all of it is so tainted by him by what he did. By I mean he he murdered his wife and his children and committed suicide. I mean it's really really hard. To look at these matches like, man, these are good matches. The guy was so talented in. But knowing what he did? I mean, this isn't, you know, a guy said something stupid like Hulk Hogan did. I mean, this is really awful. And it's so hard to know what, how do you handle the Chris Benoit matches when you watch them? What do you think about them? But anyways, Shawn Michaels, though, is a man, I mean, he had so... Okay, WrestleMania 19 through WrestleMania 26. If you were to look at him, he was the guy at every single one of those matches. Honestly, the WrestleMania moment of WrestleMania 22 for me, when I looked at it, was Shawn Michaels going off the top of that huge ladder onto um, Vince McMahon. WrestleMania 23... He tore, he carried that match against John Cena and elevated Cena to win the title yet again. Um, or to retain the title. He wrestled against, wrestled against Flair. He won it. And it was a great match. But really, it was a match really more to elevate Ric Flair. And then he had those epic matches against The Undertaker. And he lost both of them. Shawn Michaels has given the he has given more to WrestleMania than anybody. And now I'm in the debate who is Mr. WrestleMania? Is it Shawn Michaels? Is it The Undertaker? Undertaker's been in way more. He's won more matches, but Shawn Michaels has had better matches. But somebody could say why Undertaker's had, had great matches is frankly Shawn Michaels has had better people to work with. I mean Okay, Cena, Cena's a weird one. Cena is athletic, so he is a guy that if you have the ability, he will work with you. And I'll give you that. Because one thing as I found is I've watched Cena matches. He has a lot of great matches is because he knows what to do to let the other guy make the matches look good. Not all wrestlers are so good at that. Um, and Ho The Undertaker repeatedly got those guys are not I don't know if anybody could get a good match out of Giant Gonzalez or King Kong Bundy or, um, you know, Prince Albert and some of these other guys. So, you know, Shawn Michaels, I mean, he has had such a... I don't know who's the best, but either way, Shawn Michaels gave everything to the legacy of WrestleMania. He kept it going. I mean, really, WrestleMania 21 through WrestleMania 29 were the dark days of WWE. Right now, it's spilling itself out of its hole. And and I'm going to jump... I'm going to talk about WrestleMania 34 in a little bit. And I think it's building... And hopefully this will begin the emergence of something really good. But it was in a hole for about a decade. And Shawn Michaels was instrumental in keeping that alive for at least six of those. And and then Triple H kind of kept kind really helped a bit in the next two. Uh, 
But he really got nothing in return. WrestleMania 12, 14 years before his retirement, was his WrestleMania moment. It's not like the guy all of a sudden just stunk it up. No, he was a guy that was giving. And maybe it was a bit of penance for being such a jerk before his, um, in his fir- the first part of his career. But anyway, so there is my thoughts on the wrestlers, what I've been seeing in these trends through these first 24 WrestleManias. And so it's with that we transition to my preview of WrestleMania 34 and who I think will win each of these matches. Okay, there you go. A little commercial or whatever for WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans tomorrow, Sunday afternoon. So here is my predictions, the what matches I am looking forward to in order and who I think it should win. So the match that I am least looking forward to is the one that most likely is going to main event, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I'm not looking forward for, to it for two reasons. So remember I just talked about John Cena. John Cena, for nine years, was either in the title match or headlining WrestleMania for nine years. I, um, I, I wasn't a big fan of Cena to begin with, and it just became more and more nails in the chalkboard. There's a big reason why. The reason why I have not seen WrestleMania 24 or whatever through WrestleMania 29 the biggest reason is John Cena. I was so sick of pro wrestling because it was all Cena all the time. That's why I stopped watching. And what we're seeing right now in WWE is they're turning Roman Reigns into the John Cena 2.0. He this is the fourth WrestleMania in a row that he's headlined that he will have main evented and it's ridiculous. And, and by the way, that means if it weren't for Wrestle, it's one of the things that's making WrestleMania 30. I haven't, I haven't really never watched, I haven't watched WrestleMania 30 that much yet. So this is the thing that is making WrestleMania 30 looking really, really good. Because WrestleMania 30 was the one pay-per-view where Cena or Reigns did not headline they were not in a title match. Otherwise, since Wrestle from WrestleMania 21 to WrestleMania 34, even if Reigns headlines, every single WrestleMania will have either had Roman Reigns or John Cena in a championship match or a main event. 
two guys for 14 years is utterly ridiculous and stupid on the part of of the WWE. It's the reason why they're struggling to hold on to people. It's And if you don't think that doesn't have consequences, talk to the NFL. The Super Bowl this year. Now, the NFL is different. They don't. Um, they don't decide who wins matches. Pro wrestling is all predetermined. They determined a couple of years ago that the main event at WrestleMania was going to be Brock Lesnar versus John versus Roman Reigns. They've been planning this for years. All right. You can't. They don't do that in NFL, as far as I know. Maybe they do somehow. But as far as we tell, NFL is not as is not scripted, and. What happened when the Patriots were in yet another Super Bowl? It was the worst Super Bowl ratings in years. Because nobody cared. They're sick of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And the thing that honestly, I'm I'm actually kind of excited for WrestleMania 34 in spite of this match. Because they've got a lot of other good matches. If this was like WrestleMania 32... If it was kind of like that, and we had an undercard like that one, I wouldn't watch it. By the way, I didn't watch WrestleMania 32. Why? Because I didn't care about anything in it. I really didn't. And so, same situation going here. I don't... I'm going to have troubles caring about this match. And especially since I know that Roman Reigns is going to win. Everyone knows it. And what's more is I don't know how they're going to convince me that Roman Reigns won. I mean, what is better about Reigns than Lesnar? Lesnar was an amateur wrestler. He won a heavyweight title in call in the NCAA. He's a UFC champion. He's played in the NFL. I mean, what convinces me that he's going to be beaten by a guy like Roman Reigns? It's going to be really hard to sell that one to me. I know it's scripted, it's pre-prepared, but when you have matches like this, you have to come up with a way that this guy wins. Reigns doesn't have technical wrestling or submission abilities. He's not. He doesn't bring something to the table. He's like, oh, maybe he could use that to overcome the power of Brock Lesnar. There's nothing. And so that's why I just have no entertainment in this match, and I'm kind of, part of me is hoping it is the last match of the event night so I could shut off shut it off and go go to sleep but um if it's earlier then i'm gonna have to suffer through it and maybe i'll be lucky and they'll surprise me uh next up on my list the other possible candidate for the last match of the night although i have a feeling it won't be um is kurt angle and ronda rousey uh former usc women's champion versus triple h and stephanie mcmahon now, a lot of people are complaining about Stephanie McMahon, but Stephanie McMahon actually isn't that bad at wrestling. I remember watching, um, well, a few years ago, she did a match against, I think, it was either Nikki or Brie Bella, and she wrestled pretty good. So I don't think she, I mean, she's definitely not, like, one of the main performers, but she isn't awful. I think she'll do fine. But uh, honestly, I'm just not that into this match. It feels... I mean, I'm really worried about what does Angle have left in him. 
Um, Triple H, I know he could still go. Um, Rousey is going to be so rough around the edges um, because, and you can see it, she's still learning the ropes. So it's it's going to be a rough match. I'm hoping it goes a little bit earlier in the pay per view, uh, so it's not left. People are not remembering that one as much. Uh, Nia Jet, so but I predict Angle, Kurt Angle versus and Ronda Rousey will win. And then if I were WWE, I would not have Ronda Rousey on TV again until SummerSlam, at least. I'd have her be working in the on NXT, training her, getting her better and better and better, so that when she reappears, she is a truly good wrestler. She knows what she's doing. Uh, the other next up, the Raw Women's Championship, uh, Nia Jax versus. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is probably my favorite women's wrestler because she is so good on the microphone and she's so good at her promos. Uh, she's gotten a lot better at her wrestling, uh, at her, you know, at her, um, in the ring. And so I, I, I'm a big fan of Alexa Bliss. And the thing, and I think it's amazing is she is such, she's so good at playing this mean person. And she's doing a really good job of it in this rivalry with Nia Jax. And it's amazing because really Alexa Bliss is actually a total sweetheart, a really nice gal. Um, I have I got to meet her when I went to Wizard World last year. And yeah, she's a really nice person. But on TV, she does such a good job of being this nasty, mean person. Um, I loved it at the end of the Elimination Chamber. Uh, she ended up... Uh, she ended up winning it, and she gave this interview at the beginning where she was so emotional about the fact that she won it. But, and then right at the minute, she she switches to Alexa Bliss, and it's kind of cool, you know, seeing that contrast between who the real person is and her character and the real person. Uh, but I think it's, they got a good rivalry built. I think there hopefully will be a good match. Um, Nia Jax has a tendency to wrestle kind of stiff, but hopefully something good could comes out of it. And I think Nia Jax is going to win the title. Um, I think she's got to. With the kind of rivalry that's been going on, it seems like she it's important for her to win. Uh, next up, the bar versus the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro versus Braun Strowman and a mystery partner. I hope that the mystery partner is um, Elias because Elias is so over in kind of in recent <clears throat> in recent weeks or the last month or two, uh, Braun Strowman and Elias have kind of built a little bit of a bromance. And so I kind of would like to see these two guys um, do the tag team. And especially since both of them are so incredibly popular right now. They're going to win the title. Um, and I say that, and I love Cesaro, Sheamus, but they do. the title needs to pass from them. They need to, someone else to carry it. And this is a way to keep Strowman on the pay-per-view because he is really popular. Um, Elias' popularity, by the way, is also really going up the charts. So <clears throat> next up, uh, the SmackDown Championship. So this is my seventh. Um, looking f number seven match that I am looking forward to. Uh, it, that involves uh, the Usos, New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers. 
Uh, New Day and Usos have had some incredible matches. The Bludgeon Brothers are really good as well. Uh, putting these three together, it'd be kind of nice if it was a ladder match, to be honest. Because I can see these guys putting together a match almost reminiscent of those great uh, triple threat ladder matches of the um, of the days of the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, and all that. That would be so great. I think those three teams would put on a good one. But um, I do think the Bludgeon Brothers are going to win it. I, I think it will be a good match. Uh, next up, uh, Rusev, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Jinder Mahal in a four, fatal four-way for the U.S. title. Uh, Rusev, I think, honestly, this this match is probably going to be kind of boring, to be actually totally honest. Um, I'm not, Orton is old and stale. Roode has really not connected with me yet. Jinder Mahal, again, boring, stale. The only one that's interesting is Rusev. And his popularity right now is just off the charts. And if they're smart, they're going to give him a title. Uh, next up, Miz. Roll, the Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental title. I would go with Finn Balor as being the winner in that one because he needs a title. Although I think he needs to go after the, <clears throat> the Universal title very soon. Because, I mean, he, he was the first Universal Champion, lost it due to an injury. Not because he's an injury-prone guy, but because Seth Rollins botched a move. I think he needs to get his chance again. He needs another his opportunity again to get the title. Right? When Roman Reigns gets the title, Finn Balor should be facing him at summer, by SummerSlam. And honestly, he should be the champion. Uh, Finn Balor is popular. He's one of the top-selling guys in terms of merchandise. Uh, so they really need to push him. Uh, and I think getting the U.S. title, or the IC title, sorry, the Intercontinental title, will go a long ways. And I think he'll elevate the title the way The Miz has. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. I know I've talked about I don't like Shane McMahon um, taking spots from other people, but... Daniel Bryan returning is just huge. And it's going to be such a feel-good story. And honestly, it's I think it's going to be a fun, a good match. Owens and Zayn tend to be pretty safe wrestlers. And uh, I think they're going to give a really, really good match between all of them. I think it I could be a, sto- a show stealer um, for, the wrestle, for WrestleMania. Next up, Taker versus Cena. This one has not been confirmed, but it's probably going to happen. I imagine somehow it's going to be announced some point, somewhere during WrestleMania itself. And if I were them, I would make that the final match of WrestleMania. And And I would make it to the absolute certainty that this is the last match we ever see undertaker wrestle and the reason is is because the undertaker needs to have a definitive retirement and him versus cena they're both hall of famers to come they're huge names and taker needs to win he needs to go out on top cena doesn't need a victory as i told you he's he's won plenty wrestlemanias taker has and so is taker but taker has been so instrumental 
to the development of WrestleMania. When I talk about eras, the golden era, the um, the golden era, the new generation, the attitude, the ruthless aggression, the Cena era, and the new era, the current era. Taker's been a part, in some way a part, of every single one of them. That guy, and I don't mean he's just there to be, make his appearance. I mean, he's wrestled matches against members of every generation in the midst of their generation. He deserves, I mean, he, he wrestled Hulk Hogan in his prime. He's wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Batista, Edge, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, all of them in their prime. He's wrestled Roman Reigns. He's wrestled Brock Lesnar. He's wrestled now John Cena. He, he should, and now he ends with John's, a victory over John Cena. And Cena's strong enough that if need be, he can help out Taker. This needs, if this is going to happen, this needs to be the last match of the night. And it's got to be clear, without a doubt, Taker, when he, before he says it, listen, I'll wrestle you, John, but this is it. I am done. I am retiring. And that is all. Next up, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the SmackDown women's title. Um, this is my number two match on my list, my second most looking forward to match. And the reason is is because they are the two best women in that we've ever seen. And honestly, as I've gone through WrestleManias, these old WrestleManias, you see how badly women have been used on uh, at WrestleMania. They have had very little um, good moments. And, I mean, there was never a match between... I mean, as great of a rivalry as Trish and Lita had, they never wrestled at WrestleMania, which is insane. You finally have these great wrestlers. And I'm going to say this. Honestly, if Taker and Cena can't wrestle can't headline WrestleMania. I actually think that headlining WrestleMania should be Asuka and Charlotte. Because this is the year that the comp, the alternatives are not that are not so great that they absolutely have to headline. And this is the time that you could finally break that barrier. You are giving in the year that women finally had a, their own Royal Rumble. That women finally had their own Elimination Chamber. That they had their own Money in the Bank match. That they've um, had their own TLC match. That they've had their ba WrestleMania Battle Royal. This should be the year that they, ha they headline WrestleMania. Because they finally had a great match. And I think Asuka and Flair, Charlotte can deliver. So that's where I would headline. And the thing is, is it's a good way to not pit the two heavyweight titles against each other. Finally, the number one match I'm looking forward to is 
AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And the reason is, is because everything I've ever heard, I've never seen the match. But the match between them at New, in New Japan is considered one of the greatest mat wrestling matches ever of any promotion of any kind. WWE, WCW, New Japan, whatever. It is considered the best match ever. WrestleMania, those two put together with the WWE heavyweight title on the line. It's going to be, it is going to be the hardest match to follow. And part, if it, the only reason I don't think it should headline is because I don't think they did a good enough job building the story of the two. You actually do have a story with Flair and Asuka. It's not about Flair and Asuka. It's about the women's division. And that's why it should headline. Styles versus Nakamura will be a great match. And and like the reason I'm excited for WrestleMania 34 is because there's so WrestleMania has so much talent. WWE does. They have so much talent right now. And the whole eras of having one guy that's the face of the company that you put in the big match every single year. I think this is the year that needs to end. Because you have so many guys that get headlined different different pay-per-views, different WrestleManias. And next year, you should not have Roman Reigns. It should Roman Reigns should be in a title match or headlining. Because you have so many guys that could be doing it. You have Seth Rollins. You have AJ Styles. You have, um, you have all the women wrestlers. You have... Um, Finn Balor, you have Rusev, you have uh, Braun Strowman, you have Elias, you have all of these guys that are building names for themselves. They're so good and so talented. There's no reason to keep promoting the same guy over and over. You have the talent. You have the wrestlers. You don't need uh, these temporary guys that force WrestleMania to go up to almost five hours. <clears throat> you... There shouldn't be a Lesnar match next year. Actually, there probably won't. His contract will be up. He'll be with UFC. There shouldn't be um, <clears throat> a Shane McMahon match next year. There shouldn't be an Undertaker match next year. You should be relying solely on the regular talent. Because you have it. You have Sam Zayn. you got Kevin Owens. You know, maybe Jericho makes a return and he has a few good matches. You might have Bobby Lashley returning. You have the Hardys. You have, um, you have Bray Wyatt. You have um, Baron Corbin. You have so many guys that should be having their matches, their own matches on at WrestleMania. You have so many gals that should be having one. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, Bailey and. Uh, Sasha Banks should be having their moments. <clears throat> this, I believe, hopefully WrestleMania 34 marks the beginning of the turn for WWE into a new era where they don't have a face of the company, where they have multiple guys, where you never know who's going to be the face. You never know who's going to win Royal Rumble. You don't know who's going to be the WrestleMania main event. Because they have so many different guys that keep taking that top spot. And it can be anyone. They have the talent. And this WrestleMania, I think, is going to be a fun one. 
And honestly, if they put Reigns and Lesnar kind of in the middle like they did with some like what they did with some of the Undertaker matches, I think I'd accept it a little bit more. Because honestly and honestly, I think they need there's two options for the headline. Oscar versus Flair Charlotte or Taker versus Cena. And by the way, I think Oscar's gonna win. But I th- I think Oscar is gonna win it. But if they're headlining, I think that's gonna be the end of it. If they put it in the middle of the match, I would not be surprised to see Carmella come out and steal the title. And then who I would say to win the heavyweight title, I think Styles will retain. Um so there you go. That is my thoughts for WrestleMania 34. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't have the WWE Network, go sign up for it. The first the first trial month is for free. And so you can watch WrestleMania for three, free on your computer, on your iPad, on your cell phone, whatever. That's $9.99 a month, whatever. So there you go. Walking advertisement for WrestleMania. I think it looks good. Other And so... Uh, that's all I got for you, my WrestleMania special, and I hope you have a blessed weekend, a blessed and enjoy, uh, continue to enjoy wrestling. If you ever, some point somewhere down the road, I'll give my thoughts as to what I think, why I like wrestling, and next year I will give my rankings of the 35 best WrestleManias. See you later and have a blessed day.